la Iglesia Spring of Life Fellowship y su pastor Joaquín Molina le invita a escuchar un mensaje de restauración y fortaleza para su vida. Sea parte de la visión Cambiando el Mundo. Uh, we thank the Lord for this season of the year. Uh, it almost seems like October, November, December, and bye-bye 2014. Um, the times are going with such speed um, that it's, it's powerful to know um, that we're to be pressing in to, to God and His thoughts. Um, today I was thanking the Lord uh, for His provision for our lives. Um, today, September 24th, is, uh, is scheduled and calendared Uh, in the Jewish calendar as the day that is celebrated called the Feast of Trumpets. And so this is a schedule that the Lord told that His people were to celebrate these feasts uh, in a manner which had significant reminder. Um, it's almost like the alarm going off in your bedroom early in the morning and um, if it's a Saturday and the alarm is going off you take off thinking it's Monday thinking it's it's a school day a work day you have appointments and so there's nothing like an alarm to awaken us to our responsibility um, and today again is the sentiment I have just in the spirit that Um, God has taught his people how to come before him and in the manner of our heart to come before the Lord will determine uh, the favor that we will get from the Lord um, some people are not gonna know that the Lord wants them to come before them And others will know but not prepare. I want to know and I want to be prepared. Amen. And I want, to, I want to make sure that my life is uh, in sync chronologically with God's timing. I don't want to be late. For those of you that have made character out of being, out of time, out of sync, out of order, um, you should take this opportunity to ask for God's mercy. Um, at Sunset Place this week, they'll be showing a movie called The Remaining. It's about the rapture. It's about not being ready when the Lord comes. Uh, you're not going to be able to throw your pity party. You're not going to be able to turn to somebody say, it's your fault that I, I stayed. Uh, each one is responsible to be Uh, where the Lord wants them to be according to the Holy Spirit which has been given to us uh, to minister to our personal hearts. Uh, we would want to splash like we do in a pool. I mean, you've been in a pool and you splash somebody in the pool, splash somebody with the Holy Spirit, like, Lord, get, get them to... But the truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit is for you 
and the Holy Spirit is preparing you to be found ready at the Lord's coming. And uh, that's what he, uh, his ministry on the earth is about, preparing the bride of Christ so that she be found in a manner which is blameless. Um, I asked our brother trumpet man to come and play the trumpet for me um, because this is what they would do on this day amongst the people of God uh, in Israel with significance and faithfulness of God that sounds the trumpet so his people gather and get ready for the provision of God, but also he would sound the alarm um, as a signal for judgment. Um, I could only say that when the trumpet sounds at the Lord's coming, it's going to be a glorious day for many of us, and it's going to be a very somber and sad day for many of us. And so I'm going to ask him to come and, and you... Tell the Lord, we're, we're in a holy gathering tonight. Tell the Lord to tune your heart to the trumpet call of God. Tell the Lord that you want tonight to set your hearts chronologically in time with His calendar in the heavens and on the earth below. So, Gerardo, ven, vamos a tocar el, el shofar primero y después uh, en la trompeta la vamos a tocar al final. Al final. El shofar primero. Uh, the shofar is the horn, the ram horn that uh, was used in Bible times to call God's people to, to awaken. There was a call like this for God's people to awake. Vamos a hacer el, el de despertar primero. La trompeta después. Right now, just begin to ask God to align your heart with his trumpet call so that when the trumpet sounds, you're leaving with Jesus Christ. Tell him, Lord, I don't want to be listening. My radar is not put on other sounds but on your trumpet and my family be aligned with your heart that I might be ready at your coming for your church That's the first call, and it was a call of awakening. The second call that the Jewish people would sound was one that sounded like an animal that was wounded. It's called the broken sound. They say that it reminded them 
of a people who were weeping following the celebration of the Feast of Trumpets were 10 days of mourning and repenting where people wanted to get right with God and were before Him uh, in a posture of, I lament, I mourn that I have not walked in your ways as you have wanted to. I have not kept your instruction as you have directed. So this is uh, the broken call, the weeping call. And it's, it's caught up, it sounds like an animal that's weeping. Almost as if an animal is caught in the thicket and is crying to be released. The third call was a call, trumpet call, like an alarm. And it was just a blast. Um, the first one to wake, the second one to repent in brokenness and weeping. Um, the third one was one of not just awake, but gathered together. It was a... A, a fast and loud um, alarm. And then what the Bible calls the last trumpet call, which will be a long, continual blast until there's no more air. La última. Larga. Extendida. Al final hacemos la canción. Father, we thank you tonight for your mercy and grace. We give you thanks that these things are memorialized and recorded in the scripture as a shadow and a type of things to come. Today, September 24, 2014, your people Israel celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year. We pray, O oh God, that our hearts would be lined up with your timetable, with your schedule, that we not be caught off guard, out of place, without being in sync to your voice and to your call and to your beckoning cry for your people. Give us your heart tonight that we might prepare in the coming days to get everything that is a hindrance in our walk and service and ministry to you out of the way. Anything that comes to contaminate our hearts and spoil our thoughts and passion towards you, remove them by the power of your spirit.
Wash us with the blood of Jesus. Allow your grace to abound towards us, renewing our thoughts, being found blameless at your coming as our desire. We give you thanks for the church, a place where you instruct and you give us your heart and your timetables for these seasons. Many men are prepared for many things, but they're not going to be prepared on that great and terrible day. We pray, O oh God, that you allow us to be part of the ministry of reconciliation, to bring the hearts of men to be found right with you, and that these seasons of celebration would continue to forge in us the desire to please you in all things. Bless us in our time in your word. Bless us in our ability to walk in the direction of your desire. And we give you thanks and exalt and praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23, it was the Lord who spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying that in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest. It shall be a day of holy convocation. On the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial, the blowing of a trumpet to call the people to a holy gathering, holy convocation. That's what the, the word with the call. That's what the trumpet sound is, is commemorating. Verse 25 on that day you shall do no normal work and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, offering up our lives. During this time, God's people began to celebrate their new year, Rosh Hashanah. It means the head of the year. I was just telling somebody this week that it's during this season, the next 10 days where they will end with Yom Kippur, that the Jewish people would gather and they would require... 10 days of getting right with God because they believed that their harvest would depend. Their, the end of the harvest and the sowing would depend on the attitudes that they kept during these times of traditions. And so it is good that God would give us a sound, the alarm. I, I, I know that some might be blown away by the nuance of a shofar, a ram's horn. Um, there's no significant... Um, uh, magic, if you will, with respect of the blowing of the horn, but it does bring our hearts to the place of God, the place of remembrance, commemorating to be set apart, remembering what God has done for us. In 1 Corinthians 14.8, the Bible says, if the trumpet does not make certain sounds, then we won't know what to prepare for. If, uh, this is New Testament, by the way. It's making a correlation your life must be sounding the alarm. Your life must be telling the people next to you that there's something different. Um, a lot of people love to blow the trumpet of the economy. You better save. You better be careful. You better not spend. And they're constantly engaged in the matters of economic preparedness. But they're not with regards to spiritual matters. With respect to going to the house of the Lord and listening to the word of God. Some of us are more of an alarm with respect to health, others with respect to political issues, others with respect to um, um, preparation and education. But I believe that, that what we're doing tonight is commemorating a time to get right with God. 
I, I really feel really deep in my spirit that we should set aside not 10 days to get right with God, but have a full month of 30 days to come before the Lord in prayer, in seeking His face, in dedicating time to the Lord, to be prepared for what lies ahead. We shouldn't be living life without knowing the days in which we're living. And God wants us to be attentive to His heart for our, uh, for our season of life, for our purpose, for our service in Him. Everybody um, in the church from time to time begins to disintegrate. Uh, we all have different schedules. We have different schools for our kids. We have different work. We have different uh, agendas. We have different priorities. And I really believe that our first priority is being the people of God. Our first priority is connecting together. And it seems to be that during the season of life, we see ourselves begin to drift from a unity that I believe that God wants us to have in the last days. Uh, our most important um, provision from God is being His people. I've said this before, 10 years ago when people were asking me, where should I invest my money? I said, you better put your treasure where you want your heart to be. Because your heart will be where you invest your treasure. And the best place is in the kingdom of God, amongst God's people, in His affairs. Acts chapter 15 we see in verse, um, let's see here, uh, let me move in that direction. You see the gathering of the church trying to discern God's purpose and timing, trying to, to fall in line with God's desire in verse 6. The apostles, those people that had apostolic call and vision, and the elders came together to consider a matter. It's very important that we, we see the gathering. Let's go to verse, um, verse 2. Therefore Paul and Barnabas had a, no small dissension and dispute with, they, with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders to discuss these matters. A gathering of people. Uh, verse 4. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church. They were received by the apostles. They were received by the elders. And they reported all the things that God had done. Uh, I think it's a powerful thing to see these men uh, gathering together to determine matters of prime importance in their day. Uh, verse 26, it seemed good to us that we were gathered together and assembled in one accord and we sent chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. I love verse 26. Verse 26 qualifies those that are about the Lord's business. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the men I want to be hanging out with. Men that are paying a price that are risking their lives for the cause of the gospel. And then it says there in verse 28, there was provision sent to them in these gatherings. The Holy Spirit, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit as a force of reckoning, a force of, of, of influence. We were in agreement with the Spirit of God and to us to lay upon you no greater burdens than these things necessary. 
We should not be burdening the church with things that are not necessary. Um, this is not, uh, this feast of trumpets is not a day of luxury where we pull out a trumpet and we blow. This is a time for you to ask yourself the question, am I where God wants me to be? Am I, am I in the place? Am I thinking the thoughts of God? Do I have the burdens that God wants me to have? Am I uh, stuck in the vanity of temporary issues that are really not uh, long-standing and necessary, that are not important, are not going to uh, be uh, uh, a be-all, do-all? A lot of people are stuck on things that really don't have uh, matters that are transcending. Ezra chapter 3 verse 1, we see the practice of the people of Israel. We see them on the seventh month, which is the month of the Feast of Trumpets, the new year. And it says, when the seventh month had come and the children of Israel were in the cities, uh, they, they heard those trumpets. They heard the gathering of God's people. The people all gathered together as one man. This is, what, this is where we should be. Um, I'm going to say it this way. This is where God is expecting you to be upon his return. As one with his body. Not absent, not distant, not disconnected. And so we have the reminders of the heart of God right before his coming. In 1 Peter 2.10 where it says that at one time we walked isolated, independently, disconnected. We weren't part of God's people. At one time we were overbearingly selfish Looking for our own ways, our own priorities. But because of God, we are now the people of God who have obtained His mercy when one time we had not obtained it. We who had not obtained mercy now are part of God's team. We're part of God's people. His redemption, His salvation plan has knitted our hearts with those called the church Matthew 16 18 this is a time to reconnect this is a time to repent this is a time to to get back into the holy gathering of his people that are are um, coming in one sentiment with the spirit of God that you are feeling more what the spirit of God is feeling than what rubs you wrong you got to concern yourself with what rubs God wrong. That's the sentiment that is going to help this world, your family, your descendants. Matthew 16, 18, he says, and um, 16, 18, please. I also say to you, Peter, that on this rock I'm going to build my church so that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's the church that has the victory in this time. A lot of people are upset at a lot of things upon the earth, but only the church has spiritual authority to address the matters that are taking place in our generation. It's only the Spirit of God that could come against darkness. It's only the Spirit of God that unleashes the fury of God's righteousness. And he's not talking about a church built with concrete and cement he's talking about the lives of the people that have stopped being self-centered you could say that's me I no longer walk self-centered 
I'm not walking according to my interest. I'm not walking according to my desire. Love, beget, uh, it's the expression of love that is tested in community. This maturity of a Christian man or woman is putting the priorities of the people of God before his personal interest. In Joel chapter 2, verse 1, we see um, the expression of what is to happen when we hear the trumpet blast. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Make sure that it's like the sound of an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth shake and tremble at the, the how near we're living the times are, are insane. 30 years ago as I was listening to the scriptures about the mark of the beast, it didn't resonate. It didn't sound like there would ever be a chip placed on your forehead or your right hand. There's not a commercial that we could watch nowadays that does not have all the biometrics, the study of who we are as a people uh, with respect to um, your fingerprints. Your eyes could be scanned to know who you are. They want to place us in a particular place to be gripped as if by the devil's grip to take us to hell. It says, let all the inhabitants tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. And it's super, super close. You can tell when somebody is backsliding, they say it's not coming yet. They say, well, God's not going to come. He's not going to do that to me. My friend, it's coming. It's here. It's now. It's already here. And it's going to be a fearful day in his presence. Verse 15 of that same chapter reminds us again. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Call people together to consecrate a fast. Call a holy assembly. This is what God wants. Verse 16, he says, let the people gather. You shouldn't feel comfortable if you're sitting in a room that's empty. Because it's a sign of the times, of how far people are from Wanting to hear the trumpet voice of God. And they'll tell you that they're waiting for the rapture. But they're not walking. Alignment with God's heart. He says, put this, separate yourself. That's what the word sanctify means. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. Even the nursing babes. The little infants. Uh, I have great joy when I see a youth in the house of God. When I see my children, I said, we're in the right place at the right time with the right people waiting for God. Amen. I want my kids to be where our father's heart is in heaven. That they would love this place because it's like the bridegroom that goes out from his chamber. He's coming for the bride who's in the dressing room. She's getting herself ready, the Bible says. The trumpet call is not one of isolation, but one of community. Blown to gather together and to call us to signify what it is to be part of God's people. Matthew 25, 30 talks about this time where Jesus comes back to what is going to follow the trumpet call of God. And it says there, the sign, right? 
Let's get that. Let me get it. I'll, I'll get it for you real quick. Um, we, we need to establish the climate and atmosphere of the coming of Christ so that you not put this off for another day. I love the fact that when friends of mine go see movies on the rapture, they're like, listen, I don't want to stay. I don't want to be left behind. Twenty-four thirty. I said twenty-five thirty. I'm sorry. Matthew twenty-four thirty. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the heaven with power and great glory. This is the scene. Verse thirty-one. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heavens to the other. This gathering is the heart of God's people. The heart of, of different ages, different ethnicities, different economic groups, different age groups. We're all standing in one gathered place to be ready for his coming. Hebrews 10.23 says, at this time, let us hold fast this confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, let us consider one another. There's no gathering, there's isolation, there's individualism because love is not being stirred up. It says in order to stir up love, concern, attraction. This is, this is all what is to take place prior, say before please, before, prior to his coming. Not an imposition. Not something that, hey, get together. There needs to be the ebb and flow of a sentiment in your heart that wants to please the heart of God. Where you're gathered there, stirring, trying to make a difference. We could all gauge the adversity and conflicts. And we were saying this at the men's meeting on... On Monday night, those of you who aren't coming, you, you're, you're missing out the treasures of God. You're missing out the, the table of the Lord. God is serving a table, and there's something that has your interest. Something else has attracted you. But we were saying that, that this thing about always pointing out why we're not serving God with passion. Why? We're not going to serve the Lord. Why we're not going to come to church. Why we won't give Him our best. And then we'll just begin to enumerate all the reasons. We're discouraged. We're lost. We're disconnected. But I, I read Psalm 40 verse 5. And I get a whole different disposition. Where the Bible says, Lord, when I consider 
your wonderful works in my life that you have already done. I don't have to wait for you to do something more. When I understand the thoughts you have towards us, I can't count them. It would take me forever if I would declare and speak of them. They're too numerous for me to consider. What's that mean? I spend my life thanking God for everything that's going on, good, bad, and ugly. Because His grace is sufficient for all things. And it's, it's, a, it's such a humility, a humiliating uh, proposition that He would even consider allowing us to be part of His people. Be part of the redeemed of the Lord. And I don't see anything in this verse that would even come close to justifying my lax stance, my indifferent uh, disposition. Uh, we get more excited about other things than we do God. That's sad. So he says, let us look at one another, Hebrews 10, 24. Let us stir up love. Let us be an example of good works, exemplary behavior verse 25 and what uh, what area not forsaking gathering uh, ourselves together because this is the thermometer and temperature we must have if we intend to be part of the rapture of the Lord as is the manner of some instead let us exhort one another much more as you see that the day is about to come. The day is about to come. What, what is more important for you than to leave with Jesus Christ? And we're going to have the opportunity to hear about the gathering of His people being taken up and us being in another priority, having another sentiment. It's going to be an awful day. Verse 35, he says, therefore, be strong in your confidence. Stand strong. Don't let nobody take it from you. 10, 35. Do not let go of those things which give you assurance, having great reward, great promise. Verse 36, for you have need of it. You have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive his promise. And what is his promise? Yet a little while, then he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Don't ease up on your grip with respect to your running the race, living for God. Verse 38, because the just will live by faith. But if anyone is drawing backwards, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who are drawing back to be lost, but those who believe. And this belief, the intensity of our passion is the one, verse 39. We are not of those who draw back, but of those who believe. And this causes salvation to visit our soul. So our daily walk is a is a passion to, to put our eyes where they need to be. Hebrews 12, 2. 
Our eyes must be upon Christ. He should fuel the passion of your service. As you're looking at your relationship with Christ, there's no other questions to ask. He's the one that started you in this race. He's the author, and he will be the finisher of your faith. And just like him, he said he allowed joy to come from looking at the final end of the matters that he endured, despising the offense, despising. He could have, he could have made any reason in two seconds to drop the ball. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's, he has focused I pray that tonight, my, my only purpose for bringing this word tonight is for you to have an opportunity, if at all God will allow you, to cut off those strings that distort your service. That, you, that you're able to use the next 10 days after today, which will be the 10 days prior to Yom Kippur, is the Feast of Trumpets. And these 10 days uh, make it an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I don't want to be far from you. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be distant from your priority. I don't want to be occupied in, in other matters. Um, and just make your meditation to align the centerpiece of our devotion because um, some people don't understand and they live for talking and wanting to go on the rapture, but they don't understand that the rapture has to do with being in love with Jesus Christ. This is not about, I hope I don't go so I don't get the mark of the beast and they cut my head off and I stay with the Antichrist. This is, I want to be there with he who loves my soul. My, my love, devotion to Christ has caused us to forsake all other uh, priorities, all other pursuits. Listen to me. All other relationships. All other relationships. Because of our desire to please Him and not compromise. Bible says in Philippians 2.9 that God has made him the forefront and centerpiece of our worship. It says in Philippians 2.9 that God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. I, some of you have a couple names above his. Some of you have a couple of names above his name. And we need to bow down to Jesus. Sound the alarm tonight. He's been highly exalted and given a name above every name so that at his name, verse 10, every knee shall bow on heaven and on earth and those under the earth, verse 11, so that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and this is what brings glory to God the Father. If we're able to put Jesus at the highest focus of our devotion, that's what the Feast of Trumpets is. Things get in the way. Things come and they mediate. They, they begin to 
alternate and they begin to take their place and priorities. And we like, Jesus, hold on. I, I got other interests. I got other priorities, other concerns. So this sounding of the alarm is an opportunity to say, you are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. Without you, I have nothing. John 16, 13 says, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Also, his ministry is to lead us to truth. However, when he, the spirit of the truth, has come, he will guide you to all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things that are to come. What are you talking about? What are all these things he's going to be? He's going to be telling you, verse 14, how to bring the most glory to Jesus Christ. He will glorify me, for he will not take what is mine. He will, he will declare it to you. He will give you the descriptions of how you're to live in a manner which honors me. That's, a, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so... We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, some of us have been so affected by issues, circumstances, and climate, you're not plugged into the Holy Spirit anymore. And you don't have to ask anybody about what's going on. Ephesians 4.30 says, all you need to do is connect to the Spirit of God. And it says, don't grieve. Don't bring sadness he wants to glorify Jesus. He wants Jesus to be preeminent, sovereign. He wants Jesus to be our all in all, the final expression of all things. Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit because it was by Him you were sealed for the day of redemption. You've received a, a, an assurance that you'll be ready for the day of redemption if you are attuned to the Holy Spirit. Well, what's a proof that the Holy Spirit is grieved in my life? Verse 31, when there is bitterness, when there is anger, when there is a claim, you're, you're trying to bring something to the forefront, when there's words coming out, he says, put all these things away. Put them out of your life. They're not going to lead you to being right at his coming. Then what do I need to do? Verse 32. He gives you not what not to do, but what to do. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Forgive one another. Just in the same measure that God forgave you through Christ. It is at this time where we are ready. 2 Timothy 4.8. We have fought this course and it's a total a total fight a total uh, engage in battle there's a crown laid up for me let's go to verse 7 first I have fought this good fight I have finished the race I've, I'm still holding on to the faith I haven't let other things set in to affect my eternal destiny verse 8 I have kept, I'm holding on, I'm not wavering. So there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. All who have continued to persevere 
in the sentiments of the heart that God is, is asking. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 51, we have the evidence of that moment where Paul speaks of it like if it's tomorrow's forecast. He's, he's, he's reading the weather, the weather channel. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We're not all going to fall asleep, but we will be transformed. We will be changed. What are you talking about, Paul? Verse 52. In a moment, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's the reality. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. The mystery of God's coming for us. If you can ask God for a clear descriptive illustration of what that day is going to be. Verse 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be always with the Lord. And what's it say in verse 18? That we are to encourage to comfort one another with these words. And I have asked Geraldo also not only to play the old-fashioned trumpet, but to bring his brass and to play Amazing Grace for us tonight as we begin the next 10 days of, of really searching our hearts and asking the questions, why am I not hearing from the Spirit of God? Why is it that I can not be a part of his people being faithful in my ministry, serving the saints, praying, gathering with those who intercede, involved passionately for my Christ, my Lord, my King? It's not like you're going to get to heaven and say, oh, yeah, Lord, uh, where do you want me to serve? And he's like, you've never served. What do you mean serve? It's now. I pray the trumpet tonight is so anointed that you would repent, that you would weep, that you would see yourself in the presence of God as he sees you so that you'll be ready at his coming. Gerardo, let's stand tonight. If you want to come to the altar, that is open. And just tell the Lord, Lord, bring me to the place where I need to be through your spirit, through your word. Revive my heart. Quicken my spirit. Get rebellious, disobedient, offended, bitter thoughts out of my head. Words out of my mouth. Weight and burdens out of my heart. I need to see you in the brightness of your glory. So that on that day, I'm not ashamed. But I'm blameless. I have... I have fixed accounts with my God. My family's ready. My children serve and love the Lord and are a witness of our passion and faithfulness.
The Bible tells us clearly that by one man, sin entered the world. And many times our inability to sound the alarm, our inability to live in such a manner that, that tells others the season and the time it is. Although the Bible says that in the days of the Lord's coming, it will be like the days of Noah, where Noah and his family had gotten the ark prepared and they were able to enter the ark, and the Lord was the one that closed the door. So it will be at the days of the coming of the Son of Man. People will be eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. They will be distant from the heart of God. They will not be aligned up with the sentiments of the trumpet call of God calling his people to a holy gathering, an assembly of hearts joined through the presence of the Spirit of God, gathered in the manifestation, stirring one another up for love. The climate of heaven, the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven has come and is now here on earth that we're to be enjoying the provisions of God. And while a, a, a season of, of distancing and disconnecting and disrespecting and indifference, God sounds the alarm so that we have no excuse. We have no feelings of why didn't someone tell me. Today God is saying prepare your hearts. I'm about to come. Prepare your lives. Prepare the sentiments and the expressions of that which is a fragrance unto the Lord. That we would be as one man working together in one purpose, in one vision, impacting the world with the, with the call of God to raise up Jesus Christ, to raise up His voice in our generation. 
Lord, we give you thanks tonight for this word. We give you thanks tonight that we participate also, Lord. And we say that we hear you loud and clear. And our hearts are bowed down before you. We weep in our hearts, Lord. We want to be where you want us to be. We want to live what you want us to live. We want to embrace the priority of your calendar and your schedule. And be in that place with your people. Receiving your word. Prepared for your coming. You can do that, O oh God. Through the power of your spirit that leads us. Through the abundance of your grace that brings salvation to all men. So that we might prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the sound of the trumpet tonight. Remind us in the coming ten days that you're wanting a people to be prepared. A people to have the measure and the stature of the heart of Christ, the love of God. We'll give you thanks for tonight. And we pray in Jesus' name and the house of God says, Amen, Amen, Amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.